Hi, this is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guest. So my guest today is Michaela Leyland, founder of Wood for the Trees Coaching and author of Bounce Back from Burnout and Mean Little Cow. So welcome, Michaela. Oh, hi, Karen. Thank you for having me today. Oh, it's lovely to see you. So we've just chatted before that it must be, it must be about 18 months since we last uh, worked together because we, of course, recorded your children's book, didn't we? Yeah, and uh, like you say, blink of an eye, really. (laughs) It feels like the longest 18 months and then the... A blink. <laughs> yeah, I know, definitely. So how, how was the pandemic for you? How, how's things been with you? Yeah, I mean, again, like everybody, having to do remote learning with my children. I'm not calling it homeschooling because I feel that's no, it's actual homeschoolers. That was a, <laughs> it's a whole different kettle of fish. Um, and yeah, teens are back in school doing the GCSEs and um, doing the Mean Little Cow book in the middle of that. That was a real sort of highlight moment for all of us as, as a family. Um, and then I, I set up my VIP visionary lounge. So there's been real highs and lows with it, like everybody. Yeah, um, definitely feel like we're coming out the other side and and you know again it's exciting to sort of start ramping up some of my vision that wasn't available to me earlier (laughs) yeah definitely definitely so you're an accredited performance and mindset coach so just tell us a little bit about what it is you do yeah so I basically support people um business owners purpose-driven business owners to first of all have clarity of vision because that's the starting point um and then to have the energy to actually live it now and I'm a big believer on your vision board being a working document it's not something that you know pretty pictures that you stick on and then just leave it like oh you know I'd like that to happen this is about making it happen so for me it's a very um hands-on experience for the clients that I work with and, and more often than not it's ourselves that get in the way of creating the vision that we want and how we want to live it now so that's why I work with them on on a one-to-one basis in group programs, et cetera. Um, and I absolutely love what I do. <laughs> well, do you know, I've just bought um, a couple of cork boards to start my vision board. When I say just bought them, I've had them for months and I've not had chance because I keep thinking I must do my vision board. I must do my vision board because you've really got to be clear, haven't you? But you can't well, just put the pretty pictures up. No, I mean, and leave I, it I, there. absolutely. <laughs> I have a whole, when I do the Be Clear and Rise Vision and Action Board workshops, and it's easy for you to say. Um, <laughs> um, I basically have a whole process that so we don't even go near the boards until I've done the workshop. And then they go near the boards because, again, there's a whole energetic process that I have behind the back of it. So, yeah, we'll have to have you channeled into one of my vision board I workshops. I must to one of the workshops, you know, because I'm picturing it, maybe downloading pictures or cutting out pictures from a magazine. Is that well again there's a million how many (laughs) how many ways how many ways so yes that's that's a whole other podcast probably but yeah there's so many ways to do it I love cork boards again because they're a working working um document you know it's literally I can take things off and put them on as I want them to um so yeah but it's very much about you and also it's you know for me again we start with the whole life vision we don't go straight in on the business the business board is a completely separate board but the vision the business features in the life board so that I have quite a very particular way of working with it so yes we'll have oh, to get so, you, so you don't put them to 
like both together it's not like a whole you have them separate I have that well the business does obviously feature on the life one because it's part of it but guess what we're not just our business so I you know that's where we start we start with the life and then how does our business fit into our life because previously in a previous life I didn't do that I made my work was everything and you know that's what burnt me out so that's it. And that's the trouble, isn't it? I think the pandemic, that's one positive. That, well, there's quite a few positives, lots of negatives, but there is positives where we kind of, we are looking at our lives a lot differently now, aren't we? And we're kind of trying to get a work-life balance. And what I love about, there's some text on your website. It says, whether you are a high achieving woman in a corporate setting that is sucking the light, life out of you, can relate, or a successful online business owner who's got the financial freedom you wanted, but is a slave to your business or a leader in the public sector who is frazzled by the never ending demands placed on you and you can help. And I love that because every woman can relate to that. So you've clearly worked in that corporate environment before. So what's your backstory? What, what was, where have you previously yeah. worked? So I basically started out as life as a young teacher. Um, and that was my um, dream as vision when I was a five-year-old to basically be my auntie Corrie who had Marks and Spencer's sofas. And I thought that was absolutely <laughs> marvellous. <laughs> and two Sherman schnauzers. So I went into teaching, but actually I had a hyperachiever saboteur and a people pleaser saboteur, which were narratives within what I call my mean little cow voice, i.e. that inner critic voice, which basically didn't let me enjoy that experience at all. And I burnt myself out massively went well, you into primary school teachers yeah, sorry, no Michaela. secondary, secondary so French, French, anyway. English stressful role yeah Gosh. yeah but again you know there's a way of working in that environment that's uplifting and empowering and I wasn't doing that to myself at all and no. <laughs> um, so I had a, you know I sort of basically decided to get an exit strategy left and went into the third sector and worked my way up into senior leadership roles which I absolutely loved but one just one day unfortunately we were sat in the office and had a phone call and lost two-thirds of our funding overnight oh, gosh. Um, so we had to like, merge with a larger organization and honestly it wasn't overwhelm which got me it was underwhelm I just the, the role whilst on the surface of it meant that I looked like I was, um, you know, achieving my my values, which were, you know, to contribute and to support young people in um, in vulnerable positions, et cetera, and disadvantaged positions. It really wasn't in alignment because because of the role that I was in, I wasn't getting to actually be involved in any of that yeah I was doing the box ticking and the telling yeah, off, you know, sort of an auditory sort of point thing. of view and looking at spreadsheets, which isn't me dampens no, my me fire neither. completely <laughs> so I um and also my daughter was struggling in after school club so I basically had a big re-look re- at my at where I was in my life and was coming into my 40s and um I sort of thought well you know what it's now or never and so I bit the bullet left the job very well paid job and started off my own coaching business and in that initial business I recognize now because I'm seven years down the line that was still in a sort of away from energy. I was sort of getting away from that role. And so I was very much working in helping and supporting um, particularly female business owners and business leaders who were coming out of their burnout and seeing it as an opportunity, which it had been for me in both occasions to move forward and to change things that weren't working for me. But equally, um, I think the last few years, and actually the pandemic did this for me more than anything else, was the trajectory that I now feel like I'm on with with supporting business owners 
is very much around in a, in a towards energy. So the vision I have for my business is much more in a towards energy. And what I mean by that is I really want to help people to manage their energy exactly as you've just described. And then those descriptors that I put on my, my business page on my, my website are for a reason, because I think what happens tends to happen for all of us is because particularly if you were born in the six, the seventies and the eighties, you were fed the myth that you could have it all, but guess what? We were still expected to do it all and we can't let go of that. And but so we guess what we do? The consequences though, no. were we, of having it no. all? No, And so what I feel like, uh, you know, my, my, I think my children, my children's generation are going to have it uh, definitely going to have evolved this further, you know, their expectation of their family lives, et cetera. Now, again, I say all this, I've got an amazing husband. I wouldn't have chosen the partner that I have. We've been together 31 years. Something is working. Yeah. Um, you know, I, because he very much is in a partnership with me and we share a lot. But still, I know I take the mental load and it's a, it's, I don't know whether it's um, a gender issue or whether it's just, again, a societal conditioned belief, but I definitely take the mental yeah, load. I think it's a female still. trait, isn't yes. it? We can't yes. help ourselves. It's built in. And so because of that, what ends up is we end up in burnout cycles. Yeah. So for me, starting with the clarity of vision is really important because if we don't know what we actually really truly want as our heart's desire, how can we then start to work towards it? So that's always the position for me is start with the vision. But then once we've got that, how do we actually manage ourselves mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually so that we are not in these burnout cycles so that we are enjoying what we are doing more often so we can actually see how good we are because again because of the having it all and doing it all cycles that we end up in you feel like you're doing nothing well or a lot of my clients feel like they're doing nothing well when yeah, they're so you're busy but you're busy doing what it's just going round and round in circles exactly and I sort of I ban the word busy from <laughs> try yeah. ban the word busy because again it's a badge of honor isn't it how, how, oh how are you I'm busy I'm busy. busy yeah yeah but doing what so again it's about saying you know actually I want a full life I want a fulfilled life and I want a life that I live on purpose and that's the premise that I come from in terms of working with my clients and you know helping people to bring their vision to life and do you not find that so compare your life now to when you were working in the corporate world or when you were teaching do you think it's possible and this is not a negative towards any corporation at all any big um, company but do you think it's possible to have a work-life balance when you're sucked into that world I absolutely do a couple of weeks back I was doing um, a corporate resilience and well-being training and one of the things that we were looking at was um, creating, you know, clear boundaries and the smart habits that we can have in terms of the way that we are um, getting up in the morning, going to bed at night, what we do in the day. You know, there, there is very clear routines and rituals that can help us to perform better and actually feel that we are um, more able to manage a day. Now, again, I don't even like the word work-life balance because in reality, that again, sets yourself up for failure before mm. you've even started. Because there are times when actually, you know, say for example, you might have a project on and you really are intensely in that space. And yeah. actually other things, maybe your social life will, you know, Get sort of slip away, off for a little yeah. bit, you know, but equally, there will be other times when you know family life and social life are um more you know more prevalent more important and you want to sort of spotlight that so that's why i teach energy management principles because it's all about looking at yourself as a being that has and can create and is um determined if you like by 
energy that you are experiencing and the energy that you can you can create yourself so one of the things that i talk i talk about a lot when i'm talking with one-to-one clients and again some corporate clients as well is you know and i think actually the pandemic's had a really good impact on this because with a lot of um, places allowing more homeworking that flexibility of working and understanding that actually you know people don't need to be micromanaged just because you're at your desk doesn't mean you're doing anything let's just be clear I've managed people who have sat at desks and not and doing done nothing oh they're, tra- they're looking at something <laughs> you know, else well I've, I've watched somebody once I wasn't managing her but I did watch somebody once plan her whole wedding and honeymoon at her desk um <gasps> so <laughs> um so you know it doesn't mean just because someone's at their desk they're doing anything. let's treat people like grown-ups you know one of the things we were talking about when we were looking at the smart habits at that corporate tra- training was you know, are there opportunities throughout the day to reset your energy? So if that means getting up and going for a walk around the block or taking that 20 to 30 minutes away from your lunch break, do it, own it, take ownership of it. Your productivity will skyrocket as a consequence of it. And again, I think hopefully, I always on my website, I could talk about modern CEOs. You know, I think it's a very masculine energy. I'm not talking about men. I'm talking about a masculine energy that has really driven the corporate sector for a long time. So actually, if that we can recognize that the feminine energy of you know, surrendering a little bit and allowing ourselves that recovery time. And again, that's, you know, when people talk about that, it's like, oh, men are all doing and women are all lying about. No, that, again, don't misunderstand me. It's about, again, just embracing these two energies and saying, right, okay, if I have recovery time built in, it's just good stress management. It's just good people management. And so recognizing that your people can take ownership of that and go and do that in a way that then makes them more productive, it can only be beneficial to a corporate um, you know, organisation. Definitely. And the thing is, we're kind of steering away from that nine to five because when you work for yourself and you have, say, young children and you've got the school run or you've got to cook them tea, you can go back to work and work in the evening, can't you? And that's the beauty of it. But if you're in that nine to five and you're expected to work from home, in those hours and that's that's quite tough because you can't just go out for a walk or or maybe take half but again, an hour why out can't, and do it you know, but, but that's what i'd say is why can't you why you can't know? they yeah why exactly. can't they? If, if a five minute quick walk around the block or going somewhere you know and actually my i mean one of the people, biggest teachers of this with me um prior to um you know me going on a personal development journey and, and gaining accreditations in coaching was one of my first one of my most favorite bosses and she used to take us on these absolute drives at lunchtime before we were going to go into a big meeting where we needed to use our um, creativity and I didn't know what she was doing we just used to do it oh yeah and I just go with her and we straddle on oh my gosh like oh we'd cleared our heads we were right in the moment then of being able to because again you know we've got five sage powers if you look at I use the positive um, intelligence framework with a lot of the work that I do which is um written by um, Shirzad Sharman and he talks about the five sage powers and I you know it's empathy for ourselves and others we are allowed to explore so we again rather than judging situations which we often do you know as good or bad we just see it as it is and then we then look at creativity okay so how do we work around that innovation and then we look at navigating so we just make decisions and then it's about activation so taking action and when you can get into that conscious side of the brain rather than staying in that mean little cowboy's survival brain thinking you enable yourself to make much more creative decisions and yeah. allow yourself 
to move forward better. Yeah, so again, definitely. all these this energy resetting and working with your energy, like you said, you know, I'm, I am fortunate. I work for myself and I'm, a lot of my clients do. So what we look at when we're looking at energy management is when are your highs and lows in the day? When have you got spots where, like you say, you might have to take yourself out because you've got a responsibility like picking up the children or um, them coming home from school, etc. I do loads of training in the evening because I'm like the Duracell bunny from half seven till half ten. And the rest of my family are all really low energy at that time. You're the opposite. How funny is that? Because in the morning, I'm far more productive. And come seven or eight o'clock, my eyes start to close. Michaela, we're just going to take a, a short fun. break to give a shout out to my fabulous sponsor. And we'll be back in a few minutes time. Let me introduce our sponsor, Everything Genetic Limited, specialists in preventative healthcare testing, helping people to identify to see if they are at risk of developing common hereditary cancers and heart conditions. Based in Nantwich, Cheshire, they partner with some of the UK's market-leading laboratories, supplying revolutionary genetic tests to healthcare providers and patients for the detection, diagnosis and treatment planning of cancer, heart disease and other illnesses. One of their main aims is to democratise genetic testing, meaning everyone can take control of their own well-being and healthcare to detect any problems at an early stage when they are most treatable. They also offer a COVID testing service which is on the government list, initially launched to support clinical partners who were unable to get patients in during the pandemic. This service enables patients to come back into clinics to resume all important cancer testing and is available through over 200 partner companies. They offer a comprehensive range of coronavirus COVID-19 test kits and services for individuals, healthcare providers and employers. For more information, visit their website, everythinggeneticlimited.co.uk. Welcome back, where we're talking to performance and mindset coach, Michaela Leyland. So Michaela, God, there's so much to talk about on this, this subject. So let's talk about the kind of results that your clients kind of expect or want, and that's why they come to see you. Things like the emotional resilience and positive management of change. Can we expand on those? Yeah, I think, I mean, it, in put simply, they want to thrive in their lives and businesses. As I said earlier, you know, a lot of people get themselves into burnout cycles. Um, and so that's almost just you're in survival mode nearly all the time. All the time. Yeah, yeah. So it's about thriving and you know, they want to live their lives on purpose. I mean, I, I love, my clients are incredible. You know, I've got people who are running social enterprises, helping to create more sustainable environments. I've got people who are creating more um, mission-led um, businesses in terms of the copywriting and the messaging that they're putting out there. I've got people who are running running companies that improve in resilience and, and well-being, all sorts of different clients. Um, and they, they're, they're so purpose-driven. They want to make a difference in the world. And so... But what's important is that they are looking after themselves in the themselves, middle of yeah, that. Most importantly. Because if they're not, again, we see it all the time, you know, and again, in corporate, there's, I mean, I've seen this a lot where, you know, top people are paid huge amounts of money, but within five years, they're on the knees, they're leaving. That's a huge waste, a huge yeah. waste of amazing talent yeah. just because they've been worked into the ground. So when you're running your own business, particularly, you've got to be really mindful of how, you know, what you want. And one of the things I do often with clients is a success definition. So we sit for 90 minutes and we work out what success 
actually means, means to, to that person yeah and then we can look at the limiting beliefs around whether you believe you can achieve that or not so again we then start to work on unblocking that looking at the saboteurs that might be involved in terms of them, them sabotaging themselves etc and once we do that work again it just means that all those i mean i have a hashtag which is hashtag sod the shoulds if you put hashtag sod the shoulds anywhere, you'll see it um because you know, there are so many shoulds we feel like we're doing, but actually, what do you want? How do you want to run your business? And for me, my clients want the result of them running their business on their terms and living their vision now, not in, you know, three years down the line, five years down the line. And I don't mean that in terms of they expect, you know, if they've got a really massive goal to achieve it today, but you know what, every day you can see that vision coming to life in some way. So again, it's about focusing in on that and enjoying it and enjoying the journey, not just the end result. Do you find that the people you meet now, your clients, are kind of seeking a more realistic goal since the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, again, it's really interesting because I think the first um, first workshops that I did, um, again, people were dreaming really quite really big but high. actually I don't think they've shrunk their dreams at all I think what they've done is they've amended them to recognize that actually so much of it is is happening right this minute they can yeah. see it better because sometimes I think we, 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 we miss what's happening now because we're so busy and focused on what's going to happen in the future or we, what, what we want to happen in the future yeah and that's the thing and, and, we're, and we can be our own worst enemy in that which is again you know when you've got hyper achiever saboteur particularly you'll never nothing that's happening today will be enjoyable because you're constantly yeah, not thinking about it, yeah. the next thing so again i i bring my clients to the present so that they can see actually you know celebrate those little wins and the big wins every day yeah definitely so what's the most difficult part of your role do you think as a mentor I think, again, I think for any mentor or coach, I mean, I would put, I would consider myself a coach more than a mentor um, and a trainer, I suppose. Um, but I think taking too much ownership of clients' outcomes, because one, I, once they've got their vision, I want it so much. You're getting involved like it's yours. Yes, but <laughs> I it does a disservice to the actual client because actually what you want is them to be taking empowered action and making their own amazing decisions in their businesses and again vip visionary lounge that's a big part of what i'm helping them to do so i'm helping with their performance i'm helping them manage their energy i'm helping them to have the tools and the techniques that are going to support them but it's very much them out there doing it you know and i think that's really important because the more that you do things for yourselves and the more empowered you feel the further you're going to get you know, that I see a lot of people taking on board somebody else's structure or framework or being told what to do. And it doesn't meet their personality. It doesn't meet their lifestyle. And then they think they're a failure. But it's not that. It's just you follow somebody else too, you know, too specifically, if you like. Um, and that happens a lot in the coaching world. So I think, you know, yes, I, I really want it for them, but I have to let them take ownership yes, of it. Yes, kind of take a step action. back and think, no, they've got to do the work sort of thing. Michaela, you're also an author. So for our listeners, let's just first of all touch on Mean Little Cow because we've mentioned it a few times, but not everybody might know what it is. So this is a picture book. It is. It's a beautifully illustrated book. My daughter, who when she was 12, illustrated. And it came out of, we'd been to a book, a book signing for a young man who'd done a book and illustrated it, who had autism. And on the way home, my daughter said, oh, I'd love to illustrate a book, but I'm not good enough. I've been on a workshop with the amazing Jude Lennon, who, if anybody yeah, knows her, yeah, and works for Team Author UK. Um, I think Team Author, Team, or, Team, 
Yes, it's changed, hasn't it? T-A-U-K. T-A-U-K Publishing, I think it's called now, Talk Publishing. Um, And so I basically had this download of this this um the, the the narrative and it was all about the inner critic voice and what it does to you as a child so that in the in the book there's a young girl and she's faced with this dilemma of having to go on stage and then it's basically the internal dialogue that happens for her um but then it wonderfully she starts to listen to the alternative voice in her head and that then helps her to move forward. And so my daughter then did illustrate it. My other daughter wrote a beautiful letter in it and it's aimed at seven to 11 year olds. But what I love, I mean, I've had 90 year olds send me pictures of themselves reading it saying, I wish I'd had this as a child. And that's ultimately it. It's the book I wish I'd had as a child because right up through to my thirties, I didn't even know my inner, what my inner critic voice was. I didn't yeah. have a word for it. It was just running the show a lot of the time. Yeah, um, exactly. So for me to be able to give that gift of self-confidence and self-acceptance to young people and let them understand what that voice is doing and the behaviours that it may be creating in them, it's just, it, you know, it feels like something very special for me to have done. And, and again, you know, me living my vision, when I get those messages and pictures and reviews on, uh, on, the, on Amazon, it's just wonderful. Yeah, it is a beautiful book. And I've, it's in my daughter's room at the moment. She's coming up for 14 this year. And I know she'll refer back to it when she needs that. Or I'll remind her that it's there because it's a great book and a great message for everybody, isn't it? And you've also written, I didn't know this, Bounce Back from Burnout. I wasn't aware of this book. Tell us more. Yeah, so this is the book that I wrote when I first started the coaching business, about two years into my business, I think. And I was working with clients and I wanted, and not everybody can afford one-to-one you know, and I'm very aware of that. So what I wanted was to create something that if you couldn't afford, or if you wanted a first step of working with me, it's an introduction to the work that I do and the principles that I have. And the reason I wanted it was because when I had my burnout, I could not find anything that wasn't really wordy, highly sort of driven by um, psychology and and, um, sort of psychotherapy, et cetera. And I couldn't read a line. I could not. After I'd done a full day's work, when I was in yeah, over the last thing you want to do, isn't it? I couldn't do it. So my book is, you know, it has some of those principles running through it. But again, I'm not a medical professional. I'm not a counsellor. It's not in replace of that. It's just a really well-structured, exercise-driven book for you to take you on a little journey as you move forward out of that burnout and see it as an opportunity, an opportunity to get clarity and an opportunity to take you to a place where you can start creating a new vision of your life that feels empowered. Because again, your burnout often drains you of that. You feel underconfident. You don't feel like you can do things. And it's not true. It's just, you know, you've had a wobble and you're yeah, going to get you back on the time out. Just refresh, repurpose. Definitely. Well, Michaela, it's been wonderful talking to you today. This We've covered so much in such a short space of time. But for our listeners, if they have any questions or they'd like a one-on-one or they'd like to buy your book, how can they get in contact with you? So you can go to my website at woodforthetreescoaching.co.uk or you can find me on Facebook, again, Wood for the Trees Coaching. Wonderful. And I love that because you can't see the wood for the trees. Brilliant. But you can when you work with me. Yeah, you can. Uh, Well, I wish you all the best with everything and I'm sure our paths will cross again in the future. I hope so, Karen. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to my podcast, Appetite for Life, also supported by sponsor, Dane Bank House Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. 
Would you like to be a guest on this show? Or maybe you're interested in a sponsorship package. For any further information, you can find me across various social media platforms as Karen Kelly Podcasts or send me an email, Kelly at btinternet.com.